As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Lee, you ever eat too much over the holidays? Every holiday. Every holiday. Hey, uh, Lee, do you like a drink or two on New Year's Eve? It's not New Year's Eve unless there's a drink or two involved. Otherwise, it's just another um, Saturday night. Right. You ever get that, you ever overindulge a little bit and get that feeling, like, in your stomach, like you're going to pop that feeling where you got to, like, pull an old school dad move and undo your belt and, like, the top button of your pants? No, actually. And the only reason I say that is because um, to prepare for um, Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner, um, I wear sweatpants, and I don't care who judges me. (laughs) Nice, dude. Coming in with a plan. That's good stuff. Well, you know, we all know what it's like to be too full, but now imagine... In your post-meal stupor, you sit down in your favorite chair, your belt and button open, or like your sweatpants all loosened up, you know, can't have that drawstring pulled on those things, no, nice and loose. No, I removed the drawstring. <laughs> Cut it right out. Who even needs that thing? These are my Christmas, Thanksgiving, friggin' party pants. <laughs> um, so, you're there all comfy. You're about to doze off to sleep, and as you snore away, something starts happening in your stomach. Like, chemicals are mixing, fats and proteins are being broken down by enzymes and bacteria. The byproducts of these reactions are building up, and so is something else. Heat. Before you can wake up, before you can move, the heat has become like an inferno. Boom! Auto-ignition. And by the time the firemen reach you, all that is left of you and your chair are your shoes, maybe your hands, and a pile of stinking ashes. You are the next victim of today's topic, spontaneous human combustion. Back to the party, people. Happy New Year's Eve from Beyond Terrestrial. You're home for the strange, the macabre, the sometimes conspiratorial, and the downright supernatural. I'm one half of your hosting duo, recording from the Bell Witch's backyard in the Haunted Barn Studios. 
My name is Mr. Lee Errett, and Dan, coming to you from south of the moon on the banks of the beautiful Snake River, is always happy to see you. How's it going, Beyonders? Now, Lee, I have to admit, like, before we started, I always thought spontaneous human combustion was, like, a, a bad joke or like a twist in an old Victorian novel. Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is, right? Uh, you know, I that's what I thought. You know, like, I say, Flabisham, she was the victim of spontaneous combustion. That, that I'm pretty sure worst. that's how every that Sherlock Holmes British novel ends. <laughs> that is the worst British accent. Um, but it turns out, actually, like, some real serious research has been conducted on the topic. And while the scientific community general, generally believes that most cases of SHC, spontaneous human combustion, that's the lingo, Lee, SHC. Okay. SHC. All right, I'm with you. SHC, right? Uh, most scientists believe that these cases are the result of some overlooked source of ignition. Uh, there are a bunch of unexplained cases of people burning to death in mostly unborn, unburnt rooms. Um, in most of these cases, uh, investigators come on the scene, they see a body that's been burned up, and whatever charred furniture the victims were on is very little damage to the rest of the room. Now, it seems like being immobile is one of the common threads in these cases, Lee. So if you don't want to become the victim of spontaneous combustion, uh, I think you and the rest of our Beyonders, what we need to do is we need to keep it moving. Well, yeah. I mean, dance, dance. They're caught in the something, and I'm, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to dance too much because then you might become a disco inferno. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Um, so before we really get into this, Lee, I'd like to acknowledge our source for this episode. Uh, we're taking it easy during the holidays, Lee, and these mini episodes. I just went to Wikipedia. Okay. All right. You know, um, they say Wikipedia is not a great source, but I, I tend to disagree. Um, it's not the most accurate source, and, and it, it can't be always 100%, but it is at least something to start off with. So, And this gets you the bare bones. And there's, there's so many great stories, and honestly, this is a topic that, uh, you know, most people believe that, spontaneous human combustion isn't a thing um but it doesn't really it's an interesting tale maybe not deserving of a deep dive so we're just gonna have fun with it and uh, enjoy the the holidays so uh the idea of spontaneous human combustion comes around in the mid 1700s an italian countess who burned up in her bed was the first widely publicized casely. <laughs> Which countess was this? Oh, you see, now you had to ask me and I didn't write down her name in the notes because I didn't think it was that important. Well, you paused like you wanted me to ask. <laughs> I did. Oh, shoot. Um, 
Well, her name was um, Italian Countess um, von Itzy Bissy. You're going very Yellow. German with the Vaughn right now. Wiki. <laughs> um, Doofenshmirtz? Yeah, um, hold on. <laughs> I don't know. Now you had to ask me, and now i got to look it up. Oh. See, I brought me. you on this podcast, Dan, because you are a Jeopardy champion, and you know all that is all about everything. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is me letting down my... Uh, my peeps <laughs> with with having to go to wikipedia i'm sorry you know what can i say um here we go 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 oh here wait, wait, wait. we need to go to notable examples hold on oh shoot that's not it where is it i feel like i should insert Please. the jeopardy theme song right here I know. <laughs> oh, that's totally trademarked and not uh, available for. Glad you didn't finish that. Okay. Yeah, I I think that was a fair use, but uh, we won't get too deep into it. Uh, gosh darn it! How? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say it's uh, it's. Lady Mustard um, in the candlestick with the um, <laughs> lobby. Uh, how? See, now you got me all flustered, and I'm trying to look it up, and I've just probably scrolled past it 12 times. <laughs> you know what, Dan? It is okay. What happened next? Okay, so <laughs> Italian Countess who will remain unnamed. <laughs> um, she uh, evidently went to bed one night, and when the servants came in the next morning, there was just a pile of ash uh, with her legs still intact below the knee, and a couple of fingers and part of her skull was all that's left. Now, this countess exhibited a lot of traits that would become common in stories of spontaneous human combustion. She was older, she's female, a drinker, and her combustion did very little damage to the room around her while leaving a nasty, oily residue. In fact, Lee, this countess uh, wasn't just a drinker. She rubbed medicated brandy on her skin to relieve pain because evidently that was something people did back then. Well, that's so if she is, like, feeling pain in the night, she can just kind of lick her arm and she'll be good. <laughs> oh, you know, I had never thought about that, having a little alcohol residue on you yeah. that you can use. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's pretty I also feel like combining that with, like, the common practice of putting, like, a, a, like a little tin loaded with coal, like, lit coals under your mattress could be a recipe for disaster, but that's just my opinion. Well, and you know, Lee, this was also in a time when, um, you know, people had to use flames for light sources. So, mm -hmm. um, in fact, um, just like in a lot of these cases that would come up, there were potential sources of ignition in the room 
beyond just like her lighting up you know there's oil lamps and Mm -hmm. all kinds of things like that you know i do Um, have to hand it to her though um she did very like she didn't make a huge mess so it was very considerate of her for the maids oh yeah (laughs) you know uh sometimes you got to think about the servants in these cases it's very tough yeah um but anyways um you know whatever source of ignition there was in the room it still wasn't immediately obvious what caused the fire okay so, so what did cause the fire what well, well the investigators at the time weren't sure but uh that's let's look into uh the similarities that these cases have so we can figure out how we cannot end up as a pile of stinking ashes in our favorite recliner. Well, I okay, so <laughs> just checking off the marks here. I'm not a woman. I don't drink that much. I'm not old. Um so where am I, where are we now? Like am I safe completely? <laughs> well, uh, maybe maybe not. There's a number of famous cases that involve men. Um and we'll see. Like I say, it's one of those things like a heart disease. you got to figure out how to take care of yourself now so that you don't spontaneously combust in the future. Okay. So. Yes. Carry a fire extinguisher. <laughs> and what happens next? <laughs> so let's talk. So what these cases have in common um, is they involve a lot of elderly women. So what makes grandma more likely to burst into flame is it also the thing that makes her more likely to get run over by a reindeer suppressed anger at grandpa I think so. <laughs> yeah um well part of it is just that older people don't move around as much um so they are also going to be more affected by drinking uh you know their bodies don't break down alcohol like ours do anymore um, and so when you're moving less, when you're more sluggish from alcohol intake, um, you know, you're more likely to be a victim of this. Also, probably grandma more into like combustible fabrics, you know, like the old nylons and stuff like that. <laughs> so killer fashion strikes again, Lee. Well, um, but they have asbestos in their walls. That's why the walls don't burn. <laughs> that could be part of it, Lee. Maybe it's the lead paint, too. That might help some. <laughs> I don't know. Man, we're busting um, down this myth. We got this. Yeah, we are breaking down all of the details here. Um, but once an elderly and intoxicated victim is a light, they're less likely to... Uh, self-rescue, you know, stop, drop, and roll. Uh, further, now this is an interesting detail, Lee, old ladies are more likely to suffer from osteoporosis. And fire scientists have found that uh, less healthy skeletons are more likely to break down in a blaze and fracture and leave less residue. Okay. Now, that's an interesting one. That's one that I never heard before, but it makes sense. Yeah. So, now, Lee, you and I aren't old ladies, right? 
No. But I most certainly do like to have a drink on an occasion or two. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, the question is, does that make me more likely than you to burst into flames in my sleep? Um, there is a theory that as the body breaks down booze, it can make flammable... What just happened there? Did you smell almonds? Are you okay? <laughs> I, I burnt toast. What? <laughs> um, so there is a theory that the body breaks down booze and makes certain flammable. I cannot say that at all. Ready? There is a theory, is a theory that as the body breaks down booze, it makes flammable byproducts like acetone that can build up in the body. Now, the body does have some crazy processes that can have strange side effects. Uh, Lee, have you ever heard of autobrewery syndrome? Oh, yeah, that's the one where like your belly um, is automatically creating beer and getting you nice and drunk all the time. Yeah, totally. Um, some people can ferment carbohydrates in their gut, and it produces its own alcohol um, just by, like, digesting bread uh, to the extent where certain meals can make a person drunk. You know, that <laughs> sounds like an amazing disease, but from the... Interesting, or from the notes that I've seen on it, it is like just one of the worst things that could possibly happen to you. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, and the people who suffer from this condition are not really into it. It sounds probably very exciting to us to go have a meal of pasta and walk out of the Olive Garden just drunk, but <laughs> um, it's actually probably much less. Because then think about it. you go to a movie, you have popcorn. Anything, any carbohydrate, exactly uh, sugar. Oh God, it's you would just, you would have to have a huge would... Uber budget. Oh God, yeah, and you'd never enjoy any of the holidays. It'd just be terrible. Nope. Um, One cookie, man, so... over the safe limit to drive. <laughs> it's a problem. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Oh, that'd be terrible. Um, <laughs> Go straight so to my possible. thighs and my head. <laughs> <laughs> A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, Lee. It is possible for your body to make all kinds of chemicals, and plenty of them, uh, and not to mention the vast colonies of bacteria that live in your body. Uh, we're finding out more and more about how an individual's microbiome can affect their health. Uh, chronic conditions like alcoholism probably affect your microbiome dramatically uh, maybe even enough to make you dan dangerously flammable um, but it seems like the alcohol theory of spontaneous human combustion comes more from the morals of old victorian doctors uh, than from actual research plus if you made some flammable chemical in your body it would still require a source of ignition and that's where we get into the real science of this lee um lee are you familiar with the fire triangle is that the one that says you have to have air you, you have to have a source of ignition you have to have the the burnable stuff and you have to or you have to have like a combustible material and oxygen 
Yes, exactly. You have to have... Every fire needs three things. Fuel, heat, and oxygen. Um, that's as basic as fire science gets. Uh, but that's the reason why most scientists think that spontaneous human combustion is really about overlooked external sources of ignition rather than people just flaming up from the inside out. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Like, flame on! Oh, Johnny dude. Storm. Going back to the Fantastic Four. I love it. <laughs> dude, the Fantastic Four is my favorite comic. Is it? I, I, I seem yeah, to remember dude. that. I seem to remember that. Yeah, they're not just heroes. They're also a family. They are. They are. Yeah. So, anyway. Johnny's the precocious brother. Side note. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, ben Grimm's, oh, my all-time favorite. But, anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, so this brings us to part of the science that is actually pretty well researched. Uh, it's called the wick effect. Uh, this is why supposed cases of spontaneous human combustion present themselves the way they do. As a small fire starts in your clothes, maybe from a lit cigarette or an oil lamp or an ember... Um, it, it will, uh, release fat and that fat gets absorbed by the fabric of your clothes. And now your shirt is essentially a candle and your, your belly is the wax. Now that sounds horrible. Like I'm hoping these people are unconscious at this point. Well, yeah, most of the time because they don't move around and they burn to death completely. Um, a lot of these cases, um, they suspect that maybe the people died beforehand um, and then burst into flame later on. But because um, a, a lot of these cases also involve smokers. Guys, one of the great things about how smoking has become less popular is that less people burn to death in their sleep. So. That's definitely a plus. Don't smoke. It's gross. It is. I'm glad. <laughs> I, I've, I've dodged that bullet. I quit smoking uh, in 2009, so I'm happy. Mad props to you, man. I mean, there was there was you, an man. incident um, about four or five years ago, but we won't speak of that. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, one once in a while is a lot better than, you know, going on a full bender and falling asleep with a cigarette in your mouth. Um so, yes. Anyways. Yes. So back to the wick effect. Um, this this wick effect with your clothes uh, and and your own body fat uh, creates a fire that can burn a person much more thoroughly, and will result in this nasty oily residue that is common in SHC cases. It is also why there is so little damage done to the surrounding furniture. Because all of us pyros know that the heat from a candle flame goes up more than it radiates out. Um, the wick effect isn't just a theory either. This is something that has been replicated in the lab with pig bodies, Lee. Um, Lee, you've probably seen in a lot of these TV shows, pigs are commonly used as an analog for the human body in research. Well, I mean... Let's be honest, we're America. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Was that like a, an obscure fat joke? Um, uh, you just call the whole country fat? Not the whole country. Not not the whole. Oh. I'm, okay. Mm-hmm. Dan. <laughs> I called you out, Dan, son. you called me called out on out. this, and, and that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> Guys, I don't think we're all fat. Um, and if you choose to be fat or you want to be fat or you are fat and can't control it, I applaud you. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not making fun of anybody. But let's be honest with the wow. stereotype that America has in, in the world stage. Um, we, we have that stereotype. So why don't we just own it? Oh, okay. I get what you're saying, Lee. I get what you're saying. That was a pretty good recovery, I'm still wasn't it? You out, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, l- I like the backtracking. <laughs> let's move on, and we'll all pretend like you didn't call the whole country fat. Okay. okay. All right. Let's <laughs> move it on. <laughs> now, now, Lee, this is the part that I'm really excited about because there are a lot of crazier theories and explanation for what causes human combustion that are out there. Um, one of them is ball lightning. Now, this is a very common, like, uh, skeptical explanation for, like, UFO sightings, ball lightning. Um, but let's be honest, the chances of a person being burned up by ball lightning are, like, the chances of you getting struck by lightning. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which is to say, very low. Even lower than the chances of you being struck by lightning because ball lightning, very uncommon. Okay. All right. What if I'm playing with an umbrella at the time? <laughs> uh, standing on a mountain. On a mountain. Okay. All right. In a, light- in a lightning storm. In a lightning storm. Still, I mean, you could get struck by lightning, but the chances of it being ball lightning and leaving no trace in the room where you were burned is like almost impossible. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm with the, you. Is, is the ball lightning going to like go through the window to hit you in bed? Yes. And burn it. Yes. I don't <laughs> Does it, does it like tap on the window if it's closed? Like, Hey, let me in. I'd Hello? like to burn you to death, please. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's right out. I mean, come on. That doesn't happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so another one that we're actually a little bit more familiar with here on Beyond Terrestrial, Lee, is poltergeist activity. Wait. Now. What? Yes. Yes. Tell me more. For real, son. So like we've said before, poltergeists are often attributed to a human source, and it is possible that the energy of particular poltergeists could be expressed in a pyrokinetic fashion. And that actually that actually says something because there are a lot of poltergeist activity that um, that actually do have some um, pyrokinetic or like fire related situations where it's a very small fire that only lights up a section of the carpet right in front of your bedroom door, um, but it doesn't burn down the entire house. Right, or like over on the counter or something like yep. that. A, a small fire is ignited, a piece of paper, whatever. Imagine, though, if that fire started on the person's body. Okay. Um, so just in this case, instead of the curtains 
or some papers catching on fire, the person with that poltergeist energy is literally burned up by it as a victim of spontaneous combustion. So is this is this discounting the wick effect or is this figuring that it's part of it? No, the the actual science could play into it. You know, uh, once that fire starts, uh, fire can I mean, fire can be very unpredictable. But there is a, a set of science and rules behind it. So once that fire's out there in the world, um, yeah, it could it could happen all kinds of okay. ways. Okay, all right. So yeah, so the real science could be playing into kind of the. Uh, I guess you would say pseudoscience or the paranormal part of this. So that's pretty crazy. Did you just say that real science or that mainstream science is the real science and other science like the stuff you see on the history channel may not be the truth? Um, Well, I should say Lee, the science that can be replicated in the lab could be playing into the not so copyable <laughs> science. I love that explanation. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that because that's the thing about science, Lee. It has to be replicated um, so that other people can do it, and that's where a lot of paranormal science fails. Um, but you know. Who's to say there isn't a link, you know, especially in an event like a poltergeist, which, I mean, let's be honest, how are you going to replicate that in a lab? Well, no, I got nothing. I I thought I had some sarcastic comment, but I've got nothing. Yeah, right. There you go. I'm afraid I'm going to call the country fat again if I say something, so I'm just not. (laughs) And I'll call you out on it too, son. All right. So, guys, we have gone over some of the traits of these cases of spontaneous human combustion. We've looked into some alternative theories of its causes. In the end, there are a few simple things that we can do to keep from becoming the next victims of spontaneous human combustion. Exercise, drink in moderation, and don't fall asleep next to an open flame. I think that these are resolutions that all of our listeners can keep this here, Lee. So, from all of us at Beyond Terrestrial, Happy New Year, and try not to burn the house down. Love you guys. Later.